Yep. Give me a nod yeah, when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of 3GIQ. I am joined by my co-host, Matt Gunlock, and also Mike Pannone coming on for yet another episode. So, Mike, appreciate you joining us, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me. This episode in particular, um, we're going to start off by talking about a recent experience that Matt had with some instruction, and then we're going to use that as a means to get into a conversation about instructorship and what constitutes good instructorship. But it's going to lead into a larger conversation about the, the, the divide between the military and tactical and I'd say law enforcement communities and the practical shooting communities. There's a bit of a Venn diagram there. I'd say that we're all kind of in the middle of that. We exist in both worlds. However, there are some, some differences between those communities that have become um, more and more spotlighted in, a, in the past few weeks. I'd say this continual conversation about what constitutes good shooting. So Matt, we'll start with you. Could you tell us about this course that you took and All right. So I went to this course uh, down near my house. It was uh, it, it was some it's in order to get DCJS standards taken care of uh, to train security personnel. Um, so I went to this course, you know, me and me and. Uh, and, you know, day one, you know, we go into the classroom sitting down and the instructor comes in and he's like, hey, uh, Go to this website here. I want you to read this chapter of the state regulation for DC DCJS standards. Um, take 30 minutes, read that. I'll be back. He comes back 30 minutes later. He's like, hey, did we read everything on firearms? I was just, and, and, and we're just like, yeah. He's like, okay, uh, cool. Go ahead and open the next chapter. Read that. I'll be back in 30 minutes. And I'm just, and, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, Okay, so we're having to read this when and, and whenever he came back, I was like, hey, so let me, let me get this straight. Like, uh, this is the first time I've taken like a civilian course. Like I, I took the NRA firearms course before and that that alone was a fucking joke. Um, yeah. But, you know, whenever he came back, I was like, hey, so what are we being tested on? Like uh, the administrative knowledge, what are we being tested on? He's like, oh, you're not going to get any kind of written test or anything. It's just it, it, as long as I feel that you understand well, what's being taught and I feel as if you're going to be safe on the range and I'm just like well we're not going out to the range we're not messing with weapons so how can you feel safe with our, our skill sets if you never even see us dry fire or do anything like that how, how are you evaluating me and knowing what I am there to learn uh, so that kind of set red flags off from the from the beginning and that was Real day quick, one Matt, did you feel did you feel like he was did you feel like that's just something he starts off every class with, or did you feel like he was trying to buy time because he was unprepared? Um, well, I don't know if it was a matter of unprepared. I think this is just how they do it, to be quite honest with you. Like they, they can get away with charging $700 for these courses and, and not really 
do any there, there's no oversight like there's legitimately no oversight besides like the shooting portion where they take they record your target you know get the score sheets and all that like there's no oversight on your understanding of the laws that govern you know instruction of security personnel i guess where, where are most of the students coming from all yeah. around the northern virginia area mostly law enforcement or no it's all security personnel Okay. Mike, we'll get to you, man. I, as soon as he said $700, I saw you have a connection. So we'll definitely have something to say about that. But uh, Matt, continue with your story. All right. So that was day one. And that's literally how day one started. Day two, again, no shooting. We went out there um, in order to observe people requalify. And so I didn't know Adam from Eve, you know, other than the other people that were in my class. Um, and so he's wanting us to essentially be uh you know positional safety officers one person on each each student and they're just doing a requalification for one there was no demonstration conducted live fire or dry fire for those students they're there for requalification uh uh purposes so the idea is that they already know what they're supposed to do um and clearly, like from the very beginning, um, these people couldn't draw their guns, you know, safely. They couldn't conduct a magazine reload safely. Uh, they had their fingers on the trigger when they were conducting reloads. They had their pistols off to the side whenever they were doing the reloads down at their waist, not up in front of their face. And like... After they got done with the three-yard line, they went back, you know, well, let me talk about something else. After you get done with one yard line, he has you pick up each piece of brass that you fired, taking 10 minutes out of, uh, like, from firing, put that away. And then, like, I asked him, I was like, hey, I, there's a severe lack of safety here in terms of drawing and reloading. Can I do like a quick five minute class just to, you know, show them how to properly uh, draw their pistol and how to properly reload? Because I don't feel comfortable being here. Um, and at first he was like, well, I don't well, you know what? Go ahead. Uh, and so I did. Um, we went back through back to the firing line. You know, these people qualified. Um, and just like that's all we did. Um, we went back to the office later and this is the part that pissed me off more than anything. The other instructor showed up, uh, because there were a series of two instructors that were taking this class on. So the other instructor comes in, he has his entire resume written on the board. Oh, I was an FBI instructor. I was a secret service instructor. I was Blackwater. I was this, I was that I'm a sheriff's uh, deputy like just going down everything. The the first thing that go, you know, triggered me was going down the fucking resume. Like, I, I don't care about your resume. I'm here to learn something. You, you, you show your credibility through your actions and what you can and cannot teach. And then he had us go around the, the room and I was just like, you know, whenever it came to me, I was like, well, I just retired from the Marine Corps, did 20 years, you know, I was an infantry guy and I retired from the Marine Corps shooting team you know, next done. Um, when it came to us, uh, qualifying, um, you know, again, no demonstration, we're expected to know what the qualification is. 
And, you know, it, that was that, you know, we all qualified. It, it, it was fine. Um, the thing that really pissed me off during the qualification portion is he was stood next to me, you know, shooting next to me. And, you know, first couple shots, she threw a couple rounds high. They were still on target, but she threw them high. And then here's this dude, the one instructor who had to read his entire fucking resume off. Um, and he's standing right next to her. Oh, so why did you throw those rounds high? And, you know, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And the entire time we were qualifying, he was standing over her shoulder, which that alone pisses me off more than anything, because now you're just focusing on a female shooter because there's a female in the class rather than paying attention to everybody. It's like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Like, let her qualify. You don't need to stand over her fucking shoulder. All right. So a lot to unpack there. Um, but some of the highlights that I brought out was it didn't really feel like a professional course. Nope. Um, kind of seemed like some of the instructors kind of showed up and shot from the hip. Not yep. literally. They just kind of showed up and did it. Probably did what they were they're used to doing because they don't get criticism for it and no one calls them out on it. Uh, it sounds like they suck the fun out of shooting. Like the whole brass call every yard line. Like there's a there's an easier way to do things, guys. We can just brass call at the very ends, and we can make it a much more efficient process. We don't need to bog down the shooting and the actual instruction by doing that every single time. It also sounds like they stifled initiative. You 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 said that you wanted to do a um, like a hip pocket class on draws, and I think it's partly they weren't willing to share their stage with you, but also they weren't willing to deviate from whatever curriculum it was they had in mind. Um, dependence on experience and credentials. We've talked about that already. Um, no demonstration. So out of all those things, I kind of want to center on a no demonstration. Mike, if you, if I told you there was an instructor getting paid $700 that didn't demonstrate actual drills or fundamentals in front of their students, what would you think? I would think one of two things, and there's so much stuff that I could comment on just from what he said. Um, but one, they're very likely incompetent. They're just not good at it and they don't want to showcase that they're not good at it. Then that's why the bluster, the bio part of it. Okay. I can, if I wow you with my bio, some of the math said, like, I, I don't care what you're, I don't care about your bio. I want, I'm here to learn something. The problem is he doesn't care if you learn something, he's there to tell you his bio. Do you understand? Like you guys are inverted that when you do that, when you show up and you don't demonstrate and you put an emphasis on your bio, what you're telling me intuitively is that you're not very good at shooting. And you don't want to show me that. And so you want to wow me, wow me with who you used to be in another life. That's, that is, that is incompetence. That's malfeasance. That's avoidance. It's, there's nothing good that comes from that. And it's, it's, it's obvious that they don't want to do that. They don't want to shoot in front of you, especially after they told you I'm a fucking superhero and I've done everything under the sun and people are like, okay, toe the line and show me like, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I tell you, it's, that is, there's a whole, there's so many things wrong with that. And it's so predictable. Because when you lead with that, you're building this, you're building this persona up and you have nothing to back it up as opposed to just stepping up the line, go, yeah, I was a cop for a while. And then I do this and then shoot and they go, oh, wow, that guy can really shoot. And then later on in sidebar discussions at loading tables, like, oh, what did you do as a cop? Oh, I was here and I did this. Oh, okay. That makes sense. You shoot really good. There's, it's inverted because there's no skill there. That's why. And the taking up time, there's nothing to fill space. Those guys are making money. They're money for nothing and checks for free. That is the policing brass at every yard line. Like you said, man, it's, there's so, there's so many better ways to do that. What you're doing is purposely burning time to eat up the clock. I got to, I got to spend eight hours. There's a lot of requirements in, in certain training venues 
where it's done by the hour. It's, you know, training to time, not to standard. We, we, we all have experienced that in certain military courses where it's like, no, this is a 16 hour block. So we're going to spend 16 hours here. And that's what they're doing. They're filling time. It's, it's so predictable. It's, it's, it, it, um, showcases a lack of concern because they're not, if, if someone voices safety concerns, if one person, if I don't see it and you voice a safety concern in my class, I'm pissed at myself. Like, how did I not see that? How did I not pick that out? What? Okay. When you voice a safety concern that, that forcefully, and they're like, nah, we're good. Like it is, it's just, it is incompetence at every level. It's malfeasance as an instructor. It's you're taking their money because you've got a captive audience. You have some venue where you are allowed to charge that regardless of what you provide, really. And as long as the blocks are checked, I make my check and go home. It is terrible at every level. And, and, you know, I I, want to add because I kind of forgot to mention this part. Um, You know, all three of us here, we're all competitive shooters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would also venture to say we're quote unquote tactical shooters we we have come, we have shot in the military you know under tactical constraints so therefore we're tactical shooters um but we also understand the benefits of competition shooting when this individual straight up in front of the class and i'm sure it was because i was there and i mentioned that i was on the marine corps shooting team you know he he had the audacity to say uh competition shooting creates training scars that is the biggest line of horse shit i have ever heard in my life and and, you know for some people it's not for them but to stand up in front and say hey competition shooting is going to get you killed that's a problem like training is training whether it's competition or not you know because you are competing like the way I look at it is when you are when you are competing, something like what JJ Ricasa said, you're able to process information at a much higher rate of speed whenever you are going through a stage. And that alone will prepare you for a tactical situation because you will know your your limits. You'll know how fast and how slow you can go, and you know how fast you can take shots fast and accurate. And he said the quintessential boomer, you know, uh yeah. Boomer saying slow is smooth, smooth is fast, accuracy is final. And, you know, the thing that pisses me off about that, and we all have said this part, slow is slow, fast is fast. And you you engage your target as fast and accurate as you are capable. It's, dude, I I don't even like the term competitive shooting. It's high-performance shooting in a competitive format. Yeah. And guess what? High-performance shooting in a competitive format on a range you know, in, in a USPSA match or a three gun match, it's just non-lethal, hopefully, unless somebody's really fucking up, but it's, it's non-lethal. It's high performance shooting in competitive format. Yep. Okay. Another high performance shooting and competitive format is going to be, I don't know, Ramadi or Marja. Okay. That's high performance shooting in a competitive format, except the winner stays alive and the loser doesn't. Like, it's all, it's all performance on demand. Exactly. It is your ability to demonstrate high performance shooting in the proper application. I get sick. It's a dodge goal. Oh, competitive shooting. Immediately people think, oh, you're, you're at a range and you're shooting paper. It's high performance shooting done in a competitive format so that we can quantify it against our peers and see who's the best, who, who has certain techniques or capabilities that are in excess of the others for evaluated purposes or for the ability to take that from them and go, I learned something from you. We shot a match and you do a certain thing with your rifle. You set up a certain way that I didn't think of. Now I learned that when I moved to a, a, a barricade, which is you know, if you want to translate that across high performance shooting and combat environment is 
using cover, the side of a wall. How did you set up to shoot off the side of a wall is how you set up to shoot off a barricade. It's just, if you do it wrong in a match, you just don't hit it fast. If you do it wrong in a combative environment, you might get shot. Like I get, to, I'm, I'm, I don't even use the, the competitive shooting anything anymore. I just use high performance shooting. It's high performance like shooting. Competitive shooting, I mean high performance shooting. It may be done in a competitive format on a range, or it may be done in a competitive format with an adversary. I want to call out something. Uh, you, you posted something on your Instagram, Mike, recently. It was a video of there's some dude on a highway just like popping shots and like the entire part of the highway had been uh, closed off. And um, a cop went after that guy and decided, shot like shot tire 17 rounds through his windshield. Um, but he was driving a car that was meant to be used as rolling cover. Mm -hmm. Didn't hit any of his shots. Mm -hmm. He got too far in front of his team. Um so arguably, like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do shooting well. He didn't provide cover well. He didn't work together with his team, and ultimately, thankfully, somebody else took took that guy down. Um, but yeah, he was probably so focused on jamming rounds through that windshield that everything else just went through. Everything else just went out. Uh, he wasn't able to focus on anything else. Didn't understand jobs and responsibilities. First of all, well, all three of us know this from from our, you know, our our military side. Drivers drive, shooters shoot. Yep. If you're driving, your job is driving. It's not shooting. Because you're not going to do either one well. Shooting through a windshield is a fool's errand. Those bullets are going wherever they want. They're not going anywhere particular. They're going wherever they want. So you're ineffective at shooting and you're ineffective at driving. So now you failed it across the board. It's a it's a freaking fail. So I it's I don't know where. I think there's a current uh, a current training culture from certain companies where they they overemphasize shooting through the windshield because it looks cool on Instagram. It looks sexy on Instagram. It's fun. You can go back and chill your girlfriend or your you know your your fucking guys that you hang out with or your fucking you know your son or daughter. Whatever. Oh, look at your dad. Look at your buddy. Look at your boyfriend. Girl, whatever. Look at me shooting through the windshield. It looks all badass. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It is ineffective. That's why I was never outside of a roadblock drill that was specifically oriented towards rifles where you put the muzzle right up against the glass and you're trying to break an ambush at a roadblock, which is very specific. That's the only time we ever did shoot through the windshield stuff. Cause everybody realized when we actually put targets out there, you can, you can hit two things, Jack and shit. You can't hit anything with a pistol through a windshield unless that guy is standing on the hood of your vehicle. So it's like that, that alone, there's so much wrong with that. And I blame, I don't blame the officer per se, although he is responsible for it. I blame the people that trained him. Okay. I, I when I, when I run a, a, a you know, a, a vehicle class, I have a guy sit in the vehicle and, and shoot it. I will stand next to the vehicle. Or I'll have one of his partners stand next to the vehicle. Okay. He's looking at that guy. When that guy draws his gun, as soon as he draws his gun, the officer with his, with his seatbelt on hands on the steering wheel, draws his gun and fires a shot through either an empty windshield or through the glass. Okay. If you're good and you're drawing from a level three retention rig while seated in the vehicle, that's, that's two and a half seconds. Okay. That's two and a half seconds. Now take reaction time in, you know, in that I, you see me move third of a second, maybe. Okay. So I'm going to be for sure. I'm going to be shooting for at least, at least, a second and a half to two seconds. If you're good, if you're on point, that's a build drill through your windshield. Like there's, and you can't hit anything. When I put paper up, you fire a shot through the windshield. You don't even hit it. Like it's that, that is not reinforced enough. So like when I look at that, 
that shooting. That guy actually shot every one of his magazines. If you look at the whole video, which I didn't post, the entire video, he's bumming magazines off his partner while he's driving and running his gun and reloading it and stuff. Yeah. He gets to the incident and yeah. he's got a and that's all he has. Like that thing is a, an abortion from A to Z. It's but pretty it's like, bad. Yeah, and they, there was no effect. They ended up stopping, dismounting, and then addressing the guy and killing him. I'm like, yeah. You created an unsafe environment through complete lack of self-control and incompetence, and you disregarded your primary duty, which is to drive the friggin' vehicle. So you're shooting like shit. You're driving like shit. You're having no effect other than throwing bullets all over somebody's town. I'm like, dude, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing but wrongness there. Yeah. Somebody was hungry to try and get a Conus kill. Well, yeah. I, I don't even think he was focused on anything in particular. He's probably just in panic mode because he wasn't doing anything. Uh, if anyone wants to watch this, uh, look at this video, it's on Mike's Instagram. We're going to tag him. It's the real CTT solutions. Um, but my point was, if you knew enough about ballistics and you knew enough about how to like run your gun, you probably wouldn't have tried to shoot all those bullets through the windshield. Probably would have focused on just driving the car well, providing cover for all those cops that were behind you getting shot at by a random dude on the highway. Um, but I just want to bring that up because I thought it was relevant to what we're talking about. It is, it is, it is marksmanship done poorly and tactics done poorly. Yeah, but a bit of comedy and a bit of tragedy there. Um, want to move into our next uh, question. So we're starting to see a uh, conventional firearms training institution of qualifications and military experience get challenged by practical shooting. And the most present, like the most recent development, I think of this was um, Matt Pranka and Ben Stager had like an Instagram live with Travis Haley and one of his instructors. And they're nice. basically calling out Haley strategic and some of the things that their instructors were doing and saying like, Hey, that's not, that's not sound. What you're doing isn't actually good practice. Um, Stager's kind of marketed himself on that. He will actively go against, go, go after people who are, are teaching stuff that isn't really kosher. Um, but I think it, there's two sides to it, right? On one side, we have the OIF, OEF veterans that are using their experiences, their qualifications, their participation in major conflicts to market the credibility of shooting instructors. On the other hand, we have some practical shooters who they don't necessarily have the operational or tactical experience, but they're pushing the boundaries of what's possible in practical marksmanship. Do you guys think there's a sweet spot somewhere in the middle? And if, is there a way, are, are there things that each side can like learn from each other? Mike, I'll start with you. Okay, I, I, I absolutely do. The, the, the lens that we view training through or skills or capabilities through or techniques through are your TGPs. The lens that we view that through is experience, okay? And so if you understand what you are trying to prepare for, then you understand what is good preparation or not. So and that's the preface. So I see a lot, a lot, a lot of emphasis on sub-second one-shot draws at seven yards and warp speed stuff with perfect body alignment, waiting for a three-second delay, no movement. I'm staring right where I'm going to shoot. What you have removed are all of the peculiarities or inconsistencies of an engagement. Shit never happens while you're standing staring at somebody. It, it doesn't because your your rifle or your pistol would already be out. If I'm looking at you and you're that much of a threat that I might have to put the boots to you, I'm already going to have my gun out. Okay. Also, it is an on-demand capability with so many specific parameters. I am standing in a certain way. I get to dry draw a couple times. Um, I'm waiting for a timer on a three-second delay. I'm at seven yards. I, I'm only firing one shot. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of... Um, 
there are a lot of things where they're, that in the industry that where they're chasing a timer that don't have direct application outside of that. So the way I view it is I, I go, okay, from my experience, and I don't sit there and go, this happened to me or that happened to me. I just go, from my experience, do you really believe that you are going to be able to produce and fire a shot in under a second reliably if your life depends on it? And the answer is no. There, there's, it's too problematic. There are too many failure points in it. You'll also see when people do this, they have a specific garment, they have a specific holster, they have a specific gun. That's not a real gun that they carry. It's a it's a full size gun with a with a comp on it and a red dot on it and a flashlight on it. And so what you get is the 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 Uber game side. Now I'm chasing a timer versus building a capability that on demand I can utilize to to save my life. And so there's there's a there is a a part of the experience, the military overseas experience that I think is hugely beneficial. I, I see it in the vehicle stuff. People, pr- there's a, an inordinate amount of emphasis on, you know, dancing around the front seat and shooting left and shooting right and all that. Dude, it doesn't work. You, you get killed. If I ambush you in your vehicle, then that's where they find your body. Okay. So all the dancing around, it, it's not going to work. I'm not saying if you get ambushed in a vehicle, don't try and get your gun out and shoot back. But I'm telling you, it's an extremist and it's ineffective. Okay. So there's, there's a, there's from a practical experience from being involved in operations where we were interdicting vehicles, it doesn't work. You don't get to win that one. I look at an ambush with a firearm as a sucker punch with a gun. There's no counter sucker punch done properly. And I'm like, that just, you just get knocked out. That's just the way it goes. So there's, there's the, 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 the understanding of it from a, from a practical OIF, OEF kind of experience where you go, Hey, when bullets really fly around one, people act differently and two, it doesn't happen like it does on a square range. That is important. Okay. Full stop. The other side of this, you gotta be able to shoot. You gotta be able to toe the line and shoot matches and shoot competitively. You have to stand there and show, show people that you have a higher than average, a markedly higher than average capability with a rifle or, or a pistol. And then, then you use your experience to guide the training. But it's like they're they're both, but you don't get to just throw a resume down and go, I was a superhero, you know, in fucking Fallujah, okay? Or I'm a superhero in, you know, in the nationals. There's a combination of the two that gives a benefit to the combative shooter. If you if you're just doing pure sports stuff, then just go to a pure sports shooter. But there's stuff to be learned from it. I just think it's a blend. And I think a lot of guys rely too heavily on their experience as a story versus their experience as a way to view training. That was incredibly well said, Matt. Well, how do I follow that up? Um, I'll just, I guess what I'll say is what I have seen and what I see in the military, um, both is a lot of people, what they'll say is, oh, I don't need to do this. I don't need to learn this. I learned how to shoot whenever I was in combat. You know, I got my combat action ribbon. I have legitimately seen people say, I don't need to learn that or I don't need to participate in this because I already have my combat action ribbon. So they're and they're essentially saying I have nothing else to learn. So whenever you have people like that who are unwilling to continue their their journey of learning, now you have this inherent problem. You know, like Mike said, um, your combat experience is that it's experience. It, you know, don't use it as clout, use it as a learning point. Hey, at this one point in my life, I, I had the opportunity to do this. And this is what I learned from that. You know, and, and one thing I'll say about the whole combat action ribbon and all that other bullshit is, oh, you probably didn't fucking hit anything. Like, just because you, you have a combat action ribbon doesn't mean you hit anything, doesn't mean you killed anybody. It just means that 
you got engaged and you engaged back. That's all it is. Let me throw something out there for you, man. It's one of my mantras. One of my fucking mantras. Participation doesn't equal proficiency. Just because you. you were there doesn't mean you were good. It just means you were there. Okay. Yep. When you're in a when you're out, you know, out rolling with the freaking crew, everybody knows who the killers are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows the guys that get it done. Everybody does. <laughs> They're kind of like, hey, that dude's dangerous. They look and go, that dude. If if all you're saying is I was there. And so I know better than you. Just stop. Just stop. I'm uninterested in that. Okay. Just because you showed up. Hey, thanks for, thanks for checking in. Thanks for getting your overseas stamp. Got it. Thanks for getting your freaking, your car looks great on your uniform. That's exciting. Or your CIB. I got it. I don't, don't tell me because you have a badge or a ribbon that somehow that, that, that tells me anything. Cause I wasn't there with you. Cause I've seen people that have been in a, in a bunch of freaking gunfights that are no good. Yeah. They're not all they have no composure they have no marksmanship skill they run a gun like a fucking novice but they were there so that what your, your participation makes you somehow a superhero no and i've seen dudes their first time at the party watch them like dude that dude can bang like that dude's legit and gone to their platoon star and go you need to you need to you keep an eye on this guy this is one of your one of your dudes man this guy's one of your killers mm -hmm. and it's like so like that's why participation doesn't equal proficiency anytime they do that you just stop it's, it's, it's just, it's a resume thing again. It's like, I don't have to show you I'm any good. I don't have to, you know, keep pushing on the journey and get better and learn more. I just, I, I, I check the block, bro. Thumbs. Fuck that. No. Nope. You know, and, and I do a lot of self, uh, you know, uh, self-reflection and, and, and like for me, for instance, okay, I have all that experience. I have that stuff I could talk about. I don't talk about it unless I know people I'm talking to, but yes. like, I judge myself in terms of, am I capable capable of being a good instructor? What mm -hmm. skills do I bring to the table? And I know I do bring skills, but it's like, you know, I look at myself as a person of, am I going to give these people the type of training that they need? Am, and am I going to be able to perform it well? And am I going to do it justice? Um, so, you know, yeah, I have the experience, but I am there to teach people how to shoot other people, plain and simple, and do it efficiently and effectively. And you can't go in there with this clout of your resume. You have to go in there. Am I going to fuck up? Am I going to do these people justice? Am I going to teach them everything that they need to know in order to stay survivable and stay alive? And if you go and emphasis it as your resume, then the emphasis isn't on the student. Yep. It's yeah, and it didn't really sound like the emphasis was there when you took that class, Matt. It just sounded like they were just going to go down the curriculum the same way they had a hundred times before. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're there as instructor, like your students are there for a reason. They paid you that money. They want to learn from you. And sometimes this the threshold of skill level might be super low, and you might have to go super basic. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's super high, and you can you can kind of skim over the basics and you can get into some of the some of the higher echelon stuff. Um, it's a shame, really a, a wasted, uh, that was an entire week that you spent on that. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that's rough. Yeah. God, yeah. you stole your life for, for literally doing nothing but showing you how not to do it, which yep. you already know. Yep. <laughs> like I, I, I look at stuff like that. I, what I want to know, I want to look at, I want to know the best way to do something. I want to know a, a better way. I, I, I look at it like when I was like, when I went through like jump master school or freaking dive supervisor or something, I don't care how many wrong ways there are. I need to know the right way. There's one right way. And then every other way is some variation of wrong, but mm -hmm. I don't need to, I don't need to learn your variation of wrong. I'm not interested. 
I want you to show me something I don't know that makes me better. And they don't, that, that it sounds like that guy didn't care. He was cashing checks and massaging his ego. And that is just, when you're talking about things that result in gunshot wounds, it kind of pisses me off. Like, and, and you know, I, I guess I'll add this to, to the whole thing. You know, let's say this was me six, eight, nine years ago. Would I have known any different? Probably not. And, and, and so this is this is one of the points I, I wanted to really talk about. You know, you are only your only understanding is what you know at that time. And to a lot of people, this might be the gr latest and greatest thing out there. And it's all, you know, but you need to do your research. You need to do your homework on people. Um, and, and you really have to criticize what is being taught. The only reason why I know all this shit is wrong is because I've seen everything done right so many freaking times. And, and so I can go in there and I'm like, this is fucked up. Like, you know, what the fuck are we doing? There's a template to it. It's like, it's like the briefing stuff. It's like doing a freaking opera. Tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them. Only difference is on the range. After that, you demonstrate. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to tell, we're going to talk about reloads. Okay. Then tell them about reloads and remind, like hit the bullet points again about reloads. That's okay. Everybody gather around. I'm going to, I'm going to demonstrate like the, the recipe is there. It's yep. fucking, it's like when people don't do it, it's, it's out of incompetence or laziness or both. Yeah. A little bit of both. I would say in this instance, Yeah, uh, you guys have both touched on it. So we talk about qualifications, right? And I think the three of us largely understand that qualifications our lowest common denominator thing, right? Like what is the lowest threshold that we need you to be at so you're not liability with your yeah. firearm? So just look like in terms of like how that could change, what is it important to have nuance in the systems that we use to price shooter capabilities? Like instead of just saying like, oh, you qualified, we absolutely like need to show that there is some depth, kind of like the classification system, which has its own qualms, right? there's at least some kind of percentile way in which we assess like, okay, this guy barely met the mark and this guy is like amazing and is constantly pushing the boundaries what is possible. Um, do we lose something by painting everyone with a broad brush of the lowest common denominator? And what are some good qualification systems that we can draw on? Well, one thing I want to say first is what is a qualification for? It's to absolve the institution, no matter what the institution is, of any liability that can be held against them. It's them saying this person qualified. They knew what they were doing. They learned everything that they needed to learn. It doesn't matter if you like Marine Corps, uh -huh. marksman, sharpshooter, expert. They know what they're doing. So it's on him. We can we can punish him rather than the institution. It's a baseline. It's a baseline demonstration of skill that's identified by the organization to mitigate liability. I can say that this person is trained based on these parameters. So it's the minimum and the maximum of the minimum. That's mm -hmm. the problem with it. And they're overwhelmed. Cause I, I, I went through this in the air marshal program before I went to Iraq. Um, they, they, they want it to be obviously liability driven and, and, and definable, but they want it to be easy to score and easy to administer. And they want it to be easy to pass because if you start making people actually shoot the way you should be able to shoot, if you carry a gun with consequence, it's not that easy. Mm -hmm. Like really no, like I've never done anything in my, in my other life. When we got done, I was like, man, I had that shit. I was on like, whatever. 
you're always like, damn, I could have been, I could have been faster. I could have been more accurate. I could have seen something quicker. I should, you're never exactly, nobody I know that's ever been in anything that's, that was legit goes, oh yeah, I, I had that shit. Like, no. So you're always, you're always training and you're always learning for something that is, that is very likely going to be impromptu and, and extraordinarily challenging. So a minimum standard doesn't do it. I, I, the, the desire to make it easy to score and administer is also a huge problem. And it, um, it's, I think it's a laziness. It's an institutional laziness because it takes time and they don't want, they want people on the street. They want, you know, they want people in whatever their units are. Like I, the, what I use is called a marksmanship evaluation course. It's something that I took and modified and upgraded and adjusted off the air marshal program. Um, it's, it's on my website. You can print it off and all that shit. Anyway, it's a 50 round course for, for pistols and there's, you know, um, marksman sharpshooter expert, but there's level one, level two and level three for speed. So three is the slowest. There's three, two, one. And then there's marksman sharpshooter expert. So you can be, you can be accurate and slow as fuck. You can be inaccurate and really fast. I, now I've got a, I've got a metric to quantify the, the, the relationship between it. It's, you know, a combination of speed and accuracy. And then I'll take the same thing. And if you and I, if, 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 if the three of us shoot together and we both shoot level one expert, then we take all the times we do it by hit factor. It's like, okay. You know, like there's, but it, it's, you have to want to find information about your shooters as opposed to just absolving yourself of liability. And that's the problem. Institutionally, they want it to be easy. They want it to be fast and they want it to be, you know, liability driven. And it, it's, until you get away from that, until your goal is not liability, but proficiency, it never, it's never going to change. You know, I, I got something to add to that. The other side of that scenario too is the institution creates this standard that you have to you have to qualify to, um, mm -hmm. and then you do nothing but train on that standard. You 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 don't you don't do train past the test. You train to the test, and that and and people are like, "Hey, I'm done. There's nothing else I have to do," yeah. and, and and that creates a level of laziness. And I'll say wholeheartedly. That's one aspect of the Marine Corps that I have seen throughout my career. People train to that standard and never want to go any further. And, and you know, and, and that's where a lot of our, our information and knowledge has been lost and forgotten. You know, it, you know, back in, I would say, between 2013 to 2016, you know, we talk about OIF, OEF vets, you know, guys who had this institutional knowledge of what it was like to go gunfight, you know, the Marine Corps was kicking them all out, whether it was because of height and weight standards, tattoo standards, any any of these standards. They were looking for a reason to kick people out. And so now you have this gap of knowledge and information of what it's like to be over in these environments. And, and so nobody nobody knows how to train to those environments. We 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 we, we encountered the same damn thing after Vietnam, you know. War. We've done it after every war. We did it after World War. When I was in AWG, when I was in the Asymmetric Warfare Group, we studied it because we were dealing with trade-off and training. We did it after World War One. We did it after World War Two. We did it after Korea. We did it after Vietnam. We did it after the Gulf War. And now we've done it after OF and OEF. We've demobbed in a way that that the goal was to minimize was, was reduction in force. Get rid of anybody you can get rid of. Justify it and get rid of them. Also on the on the training side, one of the things that was really cool about about uh, Delta is I never shot a qualification, so to speak, outside of when you go through training, because I have to quantify your performance. When I got to squadron, like, this is what you have to be able to do. Okay. If you're throwing shots in the house, they're going to go, you, you're, you don't, you're not making the standard. 
It's not, there's no qual. I never shot a qual. I shot in the house. And guess what? You shoot a hostage, you get a warning. You shoot another one, you get a new job. Like they don't hmm. fuck around. Usually it was, it was one shot. They gave you a warning. Second shot, they, um, they'll dock your pay. Third shot, you get a new job. So three strikes, you're out. That's it. We're not talking like three. We're not talking three in, 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 in of any, you know, short period of time. It's over an extended period of time. Four months later, I hit my third hostage in a, in a, in a fucking canned shootout scenario. They'll go, dude, this is the third time in the, in the last five months that you, you've, you shot a no shoot. You shot a hostage. Maybe this isn't for you, but the goal was the end state performance requirement. It wasn't the, the qualification is there to validate that the training is correct. I shoot a qual to see if my training is good. A qual is not training. A qual is a validation of your training. And people don't understand that at institutional levels. I went through it with the freaking, with um, the army when I was doing that stuff for AWG. It's like, dude, they, they do great on the qual. So what? You got an ACOG and you can't hit an E-type silhouette at 300 yards? I don't care what your qual says. Like I, I make you run to a barricade and shoot and you're having trouble hitting it because you don't even understand how to use the reticle. But on the qual, it's all canned. You know exactly what you're supposed to do. You know exactly what the holds are. You know exactly what the positions are. When I make you run around and shoot a bunch of stuff without telling you what the distances are, the wheels come off because you're training, you're training to the qualification and they don't, institutions across the board don't understand that a qualification validates your training. It is not training. Yeah. Qualification is not capability. Um, I want to bring the subject back to like some good qual systems out there. So Mike, I think you mentioned one. Uh, the one that I experienced that I liked was the one that we did up at SIG Academy. So it was a week long rifle instructor course mm -hmm. and they would just spring things on. It was like, hey, we're going to do a standard right now. And the standards are everything from shooting on the move, shooting different yard lines, like 50 yards in, uh, switching your pistol, lateral movement, retreats, all that kind of stuff. And there were, there were tiers to it, right? You had to pass a certain amount of qualifications in order to get a certificate that said you actually passed the course. One of the guys didn't pass enough standards and it said his, his certificate, I don't think he realized it because it was in cursive writing, but it said he participated, right? Yep. You participated in the course. But if you got every single standard, then I know that we're going to get, uh, we talked last time about, you know, giving out patches and secret underwear, Mike. Um, but you would get a patch from SIG Academy, but only two people in our class. And we had some pretty good shooters in the class. I didn't get it. Um, we had some former Marines. We had some other guys like comp competition shooters. Only two people actually passed out of like 15. So that's kind of what I was getting at in terms of having a little bit of nuance to how you're assessing things. Like yep. there's the guy who didn't pass the course. There's the rest of us that passed most of the qualifications or standards or whatever. And then there's the people that act completely just blew it out of the water. And I think you need that because you need to have some perception of like, okay, I need to be here. This is where I can be if I want to stay with the pack. And this is where I got to be if I want people to like look at me and say like, oh, that dude's a water walker. That guy can, like you say, can he bang. Can bang. Yeah. So, um, that, but I wanted to bring that into like a, go ahead, Mike. Oh no, I, I took the same course. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And it was, I, I didn't, um, I made it through. I mean, I got, I got, I, I made, I successfully completed everything I did. I did good in it and got the, it was the instructor course and all that, but it was, it was difficult because it, it was, was impromptu. It, was impromptu. Yeah. it wasn't like, okay, I know what to expect. Okay. I've got a strategy. No, it's like step one. Hey, check it out. This is what we're going to do. You're like, oh shit. Okay. All right. And then my mind's going, okay, I got to apply this. Are you ready? Stand by. So it's like, to me, that was, it was, some people thought it was unfair. I thought it was um, very realistic. Like just demonstrate your skill over a broad range of, of um, 
requirements. And it's like, if you're going to instruct, you should be able to do that. I, I do all the time in classes. We'll talk about something. We'll go, well, what if we did it this way? I'm like, I don't know. Fuck, I'll do it. Like, let's see. We'll see what happens. Maybe yeah. I'll blow it out my ass. Maybe I'll do good, but I think it'll be like this. And then I'll, I'll tow the line and shoot a demo in front of the class on something I've never shot before that we just came up with at the loading table. But it's like, hey, if I can shoot, I can figure it out. And if I can't shoot, I will, I will fall apart right in front of everybody. It's, um, but like, I'm getting ready to go teach a, a, um, a, a covert carry instructor course in Texas that you, you've got to pass the marksmanship evaluation course. Otherwise you get, you get, you know, participated versus successfully completed. Successfully completed means I endorse you. I think that you are capable enough at this skill to teach it. And so, I mean, it's, it, you can't, everybody can't get a fucking trophy. Like, sorry, some people just you didn't make a cut. You should have trained harder. You just said something that like really it, it made me think of something and it has to do with concealed carry. Um, mm -hmm. Like I know here in Virginia, like all you have to do is prove that you were in the military and qualified with a rifle. It doesn't matter whether it was pistol or, or, or rifle. And, uh, and, and you take that paperwork to the court and they issue you a concealed carry permit. And that like that in and of itself is fucking scary. Um, like, yes, I believe it's everybody's right to carry a gun, but holy shit, you should be fucking learning how to shoot. And we all see how a lot of these military shooters are like, they can't shoot to save their fucking life. And they're they're All they have to do is, Hey, I, I qualified with a pistol or a rifle uh, at this point in time, you know, and now they're able to carry a fucking gun. Go, go, go watch qual day with bulk fuel. <laughs> yeah or the, or, or the air force yeah yeah um going back to the sig academy though that there's real ramifications for the guy that didn't pass those standards he was he was a cop um he had to go back to his department with the cert saying that he just participated he didn't actually pass the course and that yeah. wasn't a cheap course over it was over a thousand dollars we shot like 1500 rounds yeah so um but what was important was you mentioned that some people didn't think it was fair. I thought it was completely fair because every single time they said, we're going to do this, the instructors demonstrated, they yeah. demonstrate everything. And if, yeah. they, if we wanted them to, they demonstrated again. Um, mm -hmm. But they, um, that's another, there's another topic I'll get into, but um, yeah, every single standard, they're like, this is how you shoot it. This is passing. I'm going to show you that it can be done just so you know, it can be done. Yeah. Do you have any questions? Okay. Go and do it. But also it's, I want to bring, like we mentioned this earlier, demonstrations are important. As an instructor, it's important too, because like you, you need to know that you can do that comfortably because mm -hmm. otherwise, how are your students going to accomplish it? Right. Like yeah. if I'm, if I'm doing El Prez in front of a bunch of students, I'm not going to shoot it. Like I'm trying to hundo a classifier. I'm trying <laughs> to shoot it so I can demonstrate proficiency. Right. They don't want to see me out of control and spraying bullets. They want to see good hits and they want to see sound uh, fundamentals. If I can't do that on demand, then I don't deserve to be taking money as an instructor and I don't deserve to be teaching people how to shoot. You know, I, I you kind of said something that, that made me think of something else. Whenever you go to a course, I don't give a shit what course it is. You should, you know, you, you said you, you were talking about that one officer who had to go back to his department and show, well, I didn't pass. Um, here's another aspect. Like I know whenever you go to a course, you should be practicing well in advance 
everything that you are going to be expected to complete before you go to that course. And that is something that a lot of people don't do. They don't prepare properly. They just, they show up and expect it to happen. They think they're going to be getting this magic recipe while they're on the course and everybody's going to fix everything that they have to fix. When, when in reality, you should be fixing all your deficiencies prior to getting there. And then it should be nuanced little assistance while you are at the course. When you show up, I'm going to identify your deficiencies and I'm going to give you training strategies to mitigate them. I'm not, you're not going to get, you're you're not going to get all that much in two days. As far as shooting skill, what you're going to get is a ton of feedback and you're going to get a view shooting. So yeah, if you don't prepare, if you don't go, if you just go cold, I haven't been on my gun for, you know, seven weeks and then I'm going to show up and you're not already a good shooter. You're going to show up and you're going to be, you know, treading water with a weight belt around your neck. It's not going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it actually reminded me of something that JJ said when uh, we interviewed him a few weeks ago, Matt. He said that uh, when he makes a correction in one of his classes, usually the shooter becomes a little worse in like the months afterwards. It's because they're implementing something new. Mm-hmm. Like you don't immediately come back from a class and be like, oh, I'm, I'm like I, I suddenly like leveled up or whatever. Um, it's, it's a new concept. It's going to mess with the way you look at things and mm-hmm. you're probably, it's going to take you some time to implement that, but you're going to be better for it. It's a long-term solution, not a short-term thing. Um, there are band-aids that people can get. They can get a better race gun or get better gear, but ultimately yeah. like That's the fundamentals dog. need some time to gestate and get better. Sorry, Mike, what, what'd you have to say? The, when people start looking for equipment, equipments, you know, um, fixes it's not that it, it has nothing to do with that it has absolutely nothing to do with that i mean that's I sh- i'm shooting a freaking stock canic with a with a 250 turkish dot on you, you you look man a stock canic well it's not quite stock but a canic shooting minor just one limited national so we can't <laughs> we can't talk trash about canics anymore <laughs> this is it, man this is it. it's a it's a stock one with a little tlr7 on it and a little turkish dot on it fun cares it's a pistol that's accurate, it's reliable, and the dot works. Go shoot. Like, I, I, I'm, I, yeah, if I have a SRO on a tricked out gun, I may be a little bit faster or a little, but, but it's, it's nibbling at the margins. It, it does, it's not going to change my capability. It's just going to change the performance. Like a really good Mario Andretti driving, it's still Mario Andretti driving, whether it's a fucking minivan or a race car. Like, this, 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 it, that's the thing. It's like people, people, People look at that and they think if they get this gun or get that gun, or if they go to this course at the end, they'll be good. No, it all it is all it's intended to do is enlighten you. It's intended to show you things that you can't see yourself. All right, it's it, it's it's external feedback that is hopefully specific and technical in nature that you can act on. Otherwise, you know, just pull the trigger straight to the rear. But fuck, stop it. Like I get that. Like give me something more. It's more understanding, more on the vision piece. You know, what is target focus? How does it work? We just implemented occluded dots. My partner, Pat and I, um, who's a, he's a, he's a Long Beach copper for a long time. He was a, a, an 11 in the core for six years. Solid, solid dude. We just implemented occluded dots because there are actually some operational reasons why. And we make you do it. We make you shoot for a couple hours with your dot occluded. Okay. If you don't ever want to do it again, don't do it. But you've actually got some time behind it to evaluate it. Not just once and you go on oh, and like that, but it's like, exposing people to different concepts and, and um, different techniques and then let them do it. Like, Hey, you do what you want. I want you to try this. And if you don't like it, I don't like do what you do, man. But it's, that's, that is the point of training. It's not, you're not going to leave there appreciably better. 
And, and you know, like, like you recounted from JJ, sometimes you're going to leave there and you're going to be worse because you're going to get new stuff and you're going to want to try and do it because you, you know it makes sense, but you're not good at it yet. And you're actually going to regress a little bit before you jump back up. Yeah, it, it takes time to rework fundamentals. It just does. And it's hard work, which getting good at shooting is hard work. Um, Matt, going back to that class you were talking about, did you learn anything from that class? Not a fucking thing. Uh, I knew I learned what not to do. Yeah. yeah, already knew that, bro. Oh yeah. Well, you know, here's a here's a one thing, and I understand liability and all that kind of stuff. And and one of the other students was like, you know, he, the instructor is talking about liability, and like you you're the last person to teach somebody something. You know, you're liable. Your name is stuck to that person. Here's the thing, like, and and the problem I see with the industry with the instruction industry so much is nobody is willing to teach anybody anything because they want there to be many different steps in the process so they can continue making money like that's and, and, and so they're they're not willing to make those corrections because then they're like well you need to take this class in order to learn how to do that it's like you know what get the fuck over it just teach people how to shoot properly like this is how you do it right. Like I don't want to hear about liability. Okay, so I taught this person how to do this, and he 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 dropped somebody. I shouldn't be liable. I taught him how to do it right. Whenever he goes in front of the judge, hey, you know what? I taught him how to do all this stuff right here. Here's all his scores. You know, uh, you know that's on him. Like, unless you teach something that's technically negligent, yes, something you should not be doing. Yeah, I'm think about liability. I never, ever, it never crosses my mind when I teach because I know that what I'm teaching is legitimate. Yeah, I'm teaching high performance marksmanship either from a duty rig or from concealment. That's it. The rest of it is your application. How you apply that is based on your judgment. I'm teaching you a high performance way to run a gun in a combative environment. Mm -hmm. The the way what you do with it after that is yours. That's you. You're the one who made the decisions. And I like. You can't, there's no way people that talk about the liability thing. I, I don't know if it's a dodge or if they don't even understand it. I mean, like you are not liable for someone else's actions unless you directed them to do something in a specific way that was negligent or unsafe or against the law. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not worried about it. I, I like that whole liability thing is bullshit. I think yep. it's complete. Bull- it just ends up being another excuse to continue to do things the way they have been doing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, to be mediocre. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next question I have, and this is a bit of a doozy. Do you guys think as guys have deployed and like been, been, been in, uh, been in action several times, do you think as we gain more time and distance from OEF and OIF, that shooting instruction is going to shift a little bit towards some of these newer concepts? Um, I think it, it was good that you brought up the whole occluded, uh, dot concept, Mike. I, the Marine Corps shooting team is teaching that right now to Marines in the fleet, I saw guys running ACOGs occluded. Um, mm-hmm. It works. And it, the fact that mil, uh, in the military context, they are taking these lessons that, I mean, I know they originate from some other places, but are largely adopted by the practical shooting community and are now being used in military context is great. Um, but yeah, as we get more more time away from these conflicts, OEF and OIF, um, do you think shooting instruction is going to change? Do you think also that the technological advantages that we had in those recent conflicts has bred a, a certain form of like complacency in terms of how we approach marksmanship? 
I think I think that that it's definitely there's the 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 information technology, social media, and that stuff is going to have a huge effect. <clears throat> the fact that nobody before OIF, OEF, nobody really knew anything about the military. The military was like it was just you know overseas cop kind of thing, like push people through qualifications. There was outside of specialized units, there was not really a lot of higher end marksmanship training, and there wasn't a need for it because we weren't in a high intensity conflict or two. Um, now you're, you're seeing, I believe, an, an increase in that, uh, the understanding of high performance marksmanship as it's applied to the military. I think the what we're starting to see now is actually things becoming discussed and codified that weren't before. You talked about including ACOGs. That's been that's been going on for years because it's a it's a four power. You've got a competing image that's four X versus one X. My buddy Pat, I, he was a West Coast guy. He's the first Mardiv guy. But um, they were including them on ACOGs for that reason when they would yep. go inside a they put a cap on it because you can shoot with both eyes open like an old OEG and you don't get the four power competing image, but you can still see the reticle because it's illuminated. So there's there's stuff that we did that was taught, you know, to guys years back because it made sense. Somebody understood it and taught it. Now it's starting to get codified. Now it's starting to go like in the core marksmanship unit. We're starting to get a, a level of validity to it. I think it's going to get better and better. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a long slog when you get on the regular side because they're big units and there's, you know, manuals have to change and instructors have to be taught, but the, the information and the technology and the combination of the two is out there and you can't ignore it anymore. I, I, I really believe we're going to get better, but it's not going to be as fast as any one of us wants, which is like by today at eight, like it, it takes it takes a long time to change things that are entrenched culturally. And unfortunately, everything that we've talked about is incredibly entrenched culturally. Like the guys that the guys with all those resumes that they're just starting off. Um, unfortunately, that's been the paradigm. And it's just going to take time for that to go away. But so man. I think I, I think, you know, you kind of brought up a good point. Marine Corps shooting team will go with a Army marksmanship unit. Fuck the Navy shooting team. You know, that's not their their primary duty. It's kind of a collateral duty. But you now have people who are have this ability to instruct training and they're not their Their sole mission isn't just to go out and compete. It is also to provide training to yeah. the fleet Marine Force, to the Army at large, to the Navy, you know, Air Force, whatever. You know, there are subject matter experts who understand how to train now and they are going out and they are doing it. So like we are getting better and better. And with information technology, you know, it's just going to get better. You know, I, I mentioned it on an earlier episode and I also mentioned it on another podcast, um, you know, in regards to the Marine Corps shooting team. I think a lot of people forgot like that were on the team from I'll, I'll go with from the seventies all the way up until the early two thousands. You know, I think people forgot what one of the main missions of the Marine Corps shooting team was, and that was to train Marines. All they gave a fuck about was going up to Camp Perry, Ohio and competing in bullseye pistol and bullseye rifle. And but we that all makes know them feel better about themselves. Yeah, you know, <laughs> And, and you can be fat and fucking out of shape on a fucking line and shoot. You know, am I saying that those sports are easy? No, they're fucking hard. But what do they bring back to the Marine Corps at large? What, you know, am I going to get in a fucking loop sling and shoot somebody in the unsupported standing? Fuck no. But now we have a team that, you know, reinvigorated their purpose and their image and say, hey, we are going out and we're competing, but we are going to do mobile training teams. We are going to do Marine Corps marksmanship competitions. 
we are going to do training that is going to make you more lethal whenever you go to combat. Mm -hmm. That's dude, dude, back in the day, the bullseye was all there was. Yeah. That, that was most competition. Some weirdo freaking guys were out there running around shooting targets with pistols somewhere, but nobody really knew. Everybody taught bullseye and camp Perry and all that. Now action shooting has taken over. Bullseye is like FUD central, man. Nobody does that. Nobody shoots bullseye. It's boring. And it's like, it is, it is just, it's arduous. It's not fun. I mean, no. some people, don't get me wrong. I know some guys that love that, but you look at what bullseye has become. If you look in the modern, you know, the modern culture, bullseye has basically, it's kind of going away and it's being replaced by PRS, which is yeah. still driven, but it's far more practical. Like I'm going to get into PRS. I'm going to build a 22 long rifle gun and just work position work before I ever go out to a PRS course. Cause I'll tell you what, I was, distinguished honor grad from the SF sniper course and all that. Dude, I'll get my ass handed to me if I go out there on a PRS thing by like some 26 year old chick and her boyfriend. Like I, and just like, cause people can shoot now. And her boyfriend's so boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's it, but it's like PRS is something that's like bullseye is a, is a, it's an archaic. It's, it's out, it's out of date. PRS to me takes over that, that realm. But as far as the, the, the Marine Corps marksmanship unit and the army marksmanship unit, the, the action shooting has taken over. You know, USPSA, three gun, that kind of stuff. And that is infinitely more applicable to a, a, a infantryman in 0311 on the ground fighting. That is 100% applicable. That skill, you know, you know, the, the balance of speed and accuracy, that is hugely important. And then if you go one step further, going to the PRS side of it, dude, the freaking, the hogs will use that shit, man. Snipers, will, that, that's sniper stuff. That's getting in position and getting, you know, a 623 yard shot off in a specified amount of time on an eight inch plate. That's like, that's so that the, the action nature of shooting is changing all of that. But back in the day, like you said, you, you go shoot bullseye stuff. It's like, I was never interested in it. I never had any interest in going to the Marine Corps marksmanship unit or the army marksmanship, unit when I was in the army, cause it just bored me. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't do that. Well, of course. And, and you know, it, one thing that's kind of frustrating uh, when you, when you actually sit back and look at how long it took to adopt what the Marine Corps is doing. Um, you know, I, I could say that I brought USPSA to the Marine Corps shooting team. You know, I brought a U an action pistol team to the Marine Corps shooting team. And that was in 2020, 2019, 2020. I, I can't, 2019. Um, when did USPSA come around? What? 1976. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why the fuck did it take so long? And, and, and you know, we there there was like entrenched systems. Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and you know, three gun, you know, three guns been around, uh, or three guns been around since the 80s, 80s and 90s, like old school three gun. Um, that didn't come into the Marine Corps shooting team until 2009, 2010 is when they first started uh, bringing it officially onto the team. Like, yeah. Like, I, I get it. Organizations are slow to change, but it's like, at least we are in, we are in a period now on the Marine Corps shooting team to where the information is out there. People know where to find that information and people are connected to the entire industry that's on the team now to where if there's a new sport, like it didn't take long for the Marine Corps shooting team to start doing, you know, uh, night shooting. Like mm -hmm. we, 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 we constantly talk like si since I came in the Marine Corps, we own the night. No, we fucking don't. Now 
we are actually able to teach and instruct what it is to shoot at night accurately and fast, just as accurate and fast almost as if it's the daytime. Like there wasn't much long of a transition. PRS, we have a PRS team on the Marine Corps shooting team now. Like, holy shit. Like, and, you know, PRS didn't get really big until 2016, 2017. Yeah. I would say the fall of Three Gun Nation, everybody went to PRS. And, and and now, you know, we have a PRS team on the Marine Corps shooting team. Like, this is amazing. And, and that's that's the, again, social media has a, a lot of freaking warts and freaking ugliness, but there's something good about it because it exposes people that like wow that's pretty cool like mm -hmm. i would never in a million years think about doing long range bolt gun stuff it just doesn't i'm a fidgety wacky fucker i i, I can do it good i mean i was like I said i i did well in the course but it's not my thing but i'm gonna get into prs because it's fun because you're running down trails and getting into weird positions and shooting i like the pressure and the speed part of it because to me it's more realistic. Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it's more applicable. And, and I think that you, people start to see that and it actually looks fun. You look at somebody, you look at camp parachute and bullseye and one person that shoots that likes shooting one person in a hundred. If that it appeals to, if that probably one person in a thousand, but you look at it at, look at some guy run up a freaking a mountain trail and shooting through a crook of a tree at an angle at like, you know, at 520 yards, that looks fucking cool. Like it's, it, it it, and, it, and it's so much more. It's the application of marksmanship under inconsistent or non-standard conditions. It is so much better than that known distance. I already know the data. I know my dope. I'm like, no, it's it's not for a, for a military shooter that the action shooting sports across the board, USPSA, two gun, three gun, PCC even, it's still a rifle. You're still shooting a rifle at a high rate of speed. PRS, all of that is so much more beneficial. And, you know, I'm going to add something. and. You know, I don't have a problem with any of the shooting sports. Where I have a problem with shooting sports, the old antiquated shooting sports, is in the military. Yeah. Bullseye has no place of any of the shooting disciplines in the military. Like, take it the fuck out. Yeah. You know, teach the fundamentals at boot camp. Let the Marines learn another set of skills that are that's going to save their lives later on down the line. Can I throw something in on that? Yeah. Something that I um, it always bothered me, and the in the rifle, you know, your standard, you know, Marine Corps rifle qual. Um, the the thing that I always thought was completely lacking. The marksmanship piece was obviously really good. I mean, all the snapping in we did and everything, it, it paid dividends. I mean, mm -hmm. the fact that that you're you're a, a a recruit can shoot at 500 yards. Like that, that's, that's legit. The thing that I saw is a huge deficiency was weapons handling. People left. And even when they went to the freaking um, SOI and stuff like that, they left there. They couldn't really run their gun. Like I never got I a got gun. I got a jam. On malfunctions. Yeah. Ever. Hey, I got a jam. Can you, can uh, you know, I need, I need an alibi or can you come clear out my jam? Yeah. It happens a lot too. It's uh, it's quite unfortunate. Um, yeah, just listening to you guys talk, uh, just wanted to throw out some points. Mike, I agree with you. Social media it does have a lot of warts, but I agree the fact that it's making these things a lot more visible. And this this entire thing is a conversation, right? It's not about like instructors trying to like tear each other down or nothing. I, no. I think a lot of people look at what Ben Stater is doing and they look at his demeanor and how aggressive he is. And they're like, oh, he's just causing drama. Like, no, he's seeing stuff that's myopic 
fucked up and backwards and he's calling it out. That's one of the good things about social media platforms is that if you see something that's wrong, then there's going to be someone that's also calling it out. And that, that shows you like, instead, like I think previously we just went to these courses and we got taught by these dudes with really long resumes and we didn't know any better, but now we do. We, now we do because there's a conversation going on in social media. So yeah. just, I look past the uh, the pit vipers and all the other stuff that Ben's doing. Honestly, he's one of the uh, the, the best instructors I've ever had. Partly because he's a dick. He's he told me a lot of things within the two days that I was there. I was like, God damn, there's a lot of fundamentals I got to work on. And like, there was one point in which I shot an array, and he just yelled, "Fucking bullshit!" He's like, "You are not pushing fast enough." He's like, "Dude, I know you have it in you. Like, yeah. that's what you need. Like, you're paying the man good money." You want to like put put your ego aside, leave it at the door, and go learn some good stuff. Um, the culture is changing. Like we talked about a lot of things. Bullseye was so entrenched for a long time; it's finally losing its grip. And I think it's the same thing with these instructors, man. Like a lot of these instructors that come out and say they're they're SF, they've been law enforcement all these years, they have all these different quals. I want to say like the, the optimistic side of me believes that that is going to change. It's just going to take time because a lot of these dudes are old timers and they've been around a long time. And like, like Matt just experienced this last week, they literally come out and they, they paint by numbers and they collect their check. But eventually those guys, like nobody's following in their footsteps. No one's looking at them. Hopefully not. I think there are some cases. Um, but I think people are getting exposed to so many other types of instruction that they're learning there's better stuff out there. There's better stuff on the internet already. Like you can go out and watch YouTube videos of stuff that's infinitely better than what you would get for paying $700 for what you experienced, Matt. So mm -hmm. the culture is changing. It just takes time. In the meantime, like there's, it's good that we're having these conversations. I think there's a good venue for these conversations. Matt, you had a lot going on through your head, but you weren't about to like, lay it on your instructor. Cause I think you knew that he's an entrenched, like retired, whatever old FUD dude. And he's probably not going to listen. Like, <laughs> go ahead. No, it's funny because like, whenever he said he was a sheriff, like where I live, um, I immediately messaged a buddy of mine. who was a sheriff. Hey, do you know this dude? Immediately my buddy called me in the middle of class. And I just, I, I hit the hang up button. I was like, I'll call you in a, in a, in a little bit. Um, and I, I called him and I called him back and I was like, all right, lay it on me. He's like, that dude is fucking hot garbage. He has a bad reputation freaking. He, he's just, he, he's a piece of shit. Um, and, and I was just like, thank fucking God that is yeah. recognized where you are, because oh, if it wasn't, that would be fucking bad. There's always a trail. Mm -hmm. always. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think someone's peers and the people that work for that person are going to say it the loudest. Um, but yes, these things will change in the meantime, like, yeah, there, there are good places. That, this is a good form to have these conversations. If you're like calling on the range and your range coach is telling you stuff that's like completely out of, out, out of left field, probably not the best time to engage in that conversation. Um, but you can bring up competition shooting. They're like, Hey, you're pretty good. Like, yeah, I shoot competitions. If you're a coach, you probably know a lot about shooting. Maybe you should come out and see what you're capable of. Kind of go with them into showing up so they can start that process of realizing and learning just like we all did. We all used to think we're hot shit. And then we did uh, we did competitions and we learned a whole lot. Um, but yeah, you, just, you, just keep... you, rem you remind me of something else that happened while out there. One of those in individuals who was out there to recall, you know, he was like, 
you know, we struck up a conversation. He was a nice enough guy. And, and you know, I mentioned that I was a competition shooter and, and you know, he didn't know my background. He just he just heard that I was a competition shooter. And he was like, oh, well, I earned my place out in, uh, out, out somewhere else doing real world stuff. And like he basically he was, you know, the guy said he was in he's a CIA guy. And one, he he's he's not a real CIA guy. He's not GRS or uh, ground branch or anything like that. Or he wouldn't be going to that course. Um, uh, it was also a recall. So, yeah, guys were yeah making up. No, it, it's their yearly qualification, oh, okay. yearly requalification. Okay. Um, so he, you know, he's not he's not ground branch. Um, you know, he is a security officer. Uh, some whatever you want to call it. Um, so like by him making that statement and then saying he was Air Force security forces, like oh, I, I was, you know, I was like, all right, dude. So I just retired from the Marine Corps after twenty years in the infantry. He's like, oh, so you know exactly what I mean. I was like, actually, yeah, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, and so, and I shoot competitively. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say, if there are any of you tactical Timmies out there um, that have a problem with competitive shooting or performance on demand, or uh, what's the term you use, Mike? Um, high, high, high performance shooting. Uh, performance marksmanship is what it is. Yeah, high performance marksmanship. If you have a fucking problem with it, how about you show up and actually put your skills on demand? You know, yeah. like contact me. I'll bring you out to a match. I don't care. And let's see if you can shoot. Yeah. Like, let's see you put your skills on demand. Yeah, it's I. I look at so many people out there that are so afraid to do that and it's funny because i just shot I, I just moved out here to salt lake and i shot a couple of weeks ago before i went on the road um and i'll be shooting again next week and the week after but um i go out and shoot and, and one of the one of the one of the consistent comments and what i consider a big compliment that i get is well it's really cool that you come out and compete i'm like what do you mean anybody can come out like no you do this for a living and i know most guys that that teach for a living won't compete I'm like, it just, it tells me that you're afraid. You're afraid yeah. to totally, guess what? You're going to get your ass handed to you by some old dude or, you know, some chick or whatever. Like, dude, step up and do it and learn something and get better. But you're, you're never going to be better by hiding from, from, you know, competition. And it, the idea that, the idea that you don't understand, I'd say it every time when people don't understand the difference, okay, between tactics and marksmanship, then you miss the whole boat. Because it's high speed marksmanship, high performance marksmanship is a requirement in a whole and in, in basically anything that is time that is time sensitive with firearms, whether it's competition or it's a combative engagement. So high performance marksmanship, it, it always counts. It always counts. The application of it varies. And so don't don't blend tactics with marksmanship and they don't they still don't get it. They still try and say that because then they don't have to they don't have to identify that I don't have any high performance marksmanship skill. And I'll add something to it. Okay, for all those guys who say, oh, competition is a training scar, competition isn't realistic, this and that. All right, here's an aspect to competition where it is like it, it is completely relevant. Whenever you are in a gunfight, you know, we use the term OODA loop, observe, orient, direct, act, or decide, act. Um, that is something you are constantly doing 
whether you're a cop on the streets or you're in the streets of Iraq, Ramadi, wherever, you're constantly doing the OODA loop cycle in competition and in tactics. So don't tell me that it's not relevant. Another aspect to it is, okay, so what's my situation? You know, okay, I'm going to this match. What's my situation? You know, I have to plan these stages out. I have to, I have to figure out what the stage designs are. I have to figure out how I'm going to attack each stage. I, I, I look at a stage as if I'm preparing for an attack. How, what, what guns am I going to use for it? What's the best way I can attack this so I can win, you know? And, and so don't tell me that it's not relevant. You know, if, if you say it creates training scars, how, you know, you can create training scars just by training alone because you're not training properly. You can create training scars by dry firing improperly. So you can create training scars by doing anything. But if you're doing things the right way, then at least you're getting out there and you're performing and you're doing it for real. There's I, I, a couple things, man. To me, there's no such thing as a training scar. There's just bad training. Yeah. People go, oh, it's a training scar. There's fucking bad training. You had bad training. Yeah. Scar. You learned it wrong. So yeah. when they talk about they talk about training scars, I just look at them and go, no, there's no such thing. You just had bad training. Yep. Also, when you look at when you look at um, hold on a second, see. Okay, there you go. When you look at a when you look at a stage, okay, talk about the applicability. People say, "Oh, it'll get you killed on the street." It doesn't apply. Blah blah blah. Okay, I have a basic planner understanding of a stage. What do I have to manage? I have to have I have to do the high performance marksmanship stuff. Okay, at, at at a high level, I have to move in and out of positions. I have to engage targets rapidly. Some surgically, some not. Okay, I have to keep track of an ammunition load. I have to I have to reload the gun while I'm moving. I have to clear malfunctions if they happen. Okay, if I set up a stage and I go, okay, when I get to this port, if I shoot it clean, I'll go to slide lock on that last piece of steel, and then I can reload. I can do a slide lock reload while I'm moving to my next position. Okay, I have to keep track of that, and if I drop a shot and make up a shot, I, then I know I have to change my reload to, a, to a, 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 an earlier time. I'm constantly managing my ammunition load. I'm constantly adjusting my plan. I'm constantly adapting to, to the situation on the ground, which is just like in combat okay you are constantly reevaluating how much ammo do we have do we need more 762 for the guns were we in contact longer than we thought you know you're you're moving people around and at an individual level those guys are managing their own ammo loads if they're 31s they're managing their gun teams like the thought process and the the uh, the continual adaptation as you move and shoot is just shrunk down to 23 seconds and 32 rounds on a field stage <clears throat> when you look at that in a combat envir environment it can go on for hours, hours. Days. yeah so it's like the, the, when they say it doesn't apply it's bullshit it directly applies it is a skill a processing skill that integrates your brain and your gun and then the environment all together and it's constantly swirling around and changing it's constantly changing and so it's like i just i completely i this is part of a block that i actually give in a course dude it is directly applicable it's the because it's marksmanship and thinking it's not tactics Thank you. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I think uh, we're almost wrapping up. Mike, I appreciate you uh, giving us your time. I know you're on the range right now. I know you're itching to uh, get some trigger time in. appreciate you taking the time and talking to us about what's really a very important, very important subject to both of us. So before we sign off, um, anything else from either of you gentlemen? Mike, we'll go with you first. 
No, and just, you know, question everything. Get out and train hard and question everything. Everybody should be able to explain to you what they're doing, why they're doing it, how it works, you know, what the most likely failure points or mistakes are, how to mitigate those. If they can't explain it to you, then then, then you, you really need to turn to John Desai. Question it. Question everything. You know, uh, to go off of that, vet everything. You know, whenever you're going anywhere for training, vet your instructor prior to going there. See what their background is. See what they're doing. You know, see mm -hmm. how they train. See if they have any kind of social media, you know, profile footprint. That way you can see, okay, what am I going to be participating in? How can I best prepare for this? Or do I just want to say, fuck this guy and find somewhere else to go? It's it's your money. Uh, and if there's no videos of them actually shooting, you might want to reconsider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, um, I thought this was a great episode. Really great conversation, guys. Um, if you want to know how to get into competition shooting, hit up myself <laughs> or Mike. Um, we can probably get, put you in touch with the competition local view. If you're in the Marine Corps, hit up Matt Nurse, uh, myself. The first uh, Marine Corps marksmanship competition just went off. They are shooting competitions next week. They just did a night match last night uh, at the end of October, which is phenomenal. And if you're looking for training, hit up Mike. He's at the CTC uh, Solutions. We're going to drop his handle in the description for this episode. But thank you all for listening and hope you have a good one.